You're listening to the Faith Made Welcome podcast, a progressive podcast of faith where we look at Christianity from a progressive Baptist tradition. This podcast is brought to you by Commonwealth Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. So whoever you are, wherever you are, or whatever you think about faith, you're welcome here. Please let us know what you think about our podcast by subscribing to it or by sharing it with someone who may be looking for a podcast like this. And we would love to hear your feedback. So please leave us a comment or question on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let's get started. I think like that's that tension between like the sacred and the secular. And we like mm-hmm. often, I think populations try to pull those two things apart. That's one of the reasons that I was interested in having episodes of the podcast where we just kind of normalize parts of pop culture, kind of mm-hmm. like we've done mm-hmm. at the church with our, you know, I always mess up that title. Secular and sacred and the secular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mess it up too. Yeah. So, so it's one of those in the things. Um, but I remember when I was uh, a teenager, like I've always been really into music um, and I got all this pressure from the folks at uh, the church that I went to at the time uh, to give up secular music which, if you know me now, this is absurd. My life is music. Most mm. of it's secular. Um, and so it was like this whole thing where I broke all my CDs. And now I'm just mad. Did like, you actually break your CDs? Yes. And then this guy wow. I went to church with made an art project out of them. <gasps> wow, wow, wow. Dude. <laughs> like, what kind of art print? Art. It was like, I don't know. Sorry, Jared. Uh, but it was just like... I don't know, like a high school well, kids art project. It was, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. broken CDs when, on a. Yeah, that yeah. is so interesting. But I remember that tension because when too. you're in it, it seems like the thing you're supposed to do if you want to be a good fill in the blank. Yeah, well, yeah. most of them were Green Day CDs, <laughs> um, and y'all can have whatever opinion, but like, Green Day got me through, man. Well, I remember like the pressure of giving away all of my secular CDs and stuff like CDs, remember mm-hmm. CDs, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> CDs. And I remember giving away uh, my uh, Dave Matthews band CD. I, mm-hmm. like, I think that was a good choice. No, sorry. Oh. <laughs> sorry. oh my gosh. Whoa. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Paul, take that part out later. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Bye. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh. And then one of my friends who who was, I thought, was, like, on the same wavelength with me. Like, oh, I'll take that from you and be happy. And I was like, wait, what did I just do? I'll take that from you and be happy. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Huh. That's funny. I love that. But, like, me and one of my high school best friends, who was also the pastor's kid, uh, we spent a lot of time, we got into cake, both he and I did, he got me into cake. And so we, we had to use the lyrics, right, to convince, like, this is an okay, like, there's a song about how Jesus wrote a blank check. That's so Christian. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Hey, Marty, you brought up the Smurfs a little bit earlier. Um, do you remember the big, uh, the big weird thing about the Smurfs? Do you remember what that, that stink was about? It was about the mushrooms. Right, because really? that right? I couldn't yeah, remember, but yeah, there was yeah, something yeah. Was the about the Smurfs because there was this, not... there was this real secular, sacred 
tension, you know, that were they drug with the Smurfs because I mean, <laughs> when you look at all the Smurf houses and this, like where they live, they live in these mushroom patches. These mushrooms, of course, being Amanita muscaria mushrooms, the red ones with the white spots on them, which is a hallucinogenic mushroom, right? It's the traditional Christmas uh-huh. mushroom that the reindeer eat, right? That is, is uh, I think I remember that. I remember the psychotropic mushroom, fat. yeah. That's the only yeah. one. Like she was the only female in the whole thing. Yeah, hmm. yeah, right. And the rest of them, and the rest that. of the Smurfs right. are hanging out with these uh, hallucinogenic yeah. mushrooms all the time. So, so mushrooms and only one female in the whole community. Yeah. Yeah. What could like... possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it just it must be a a tiny petty god to have opinions about the Smurfs. Like, or to like. Well, there was also He Man. I don't know if y'all know He Man. <laughs> Whoa! And the, like, and the Masters what? of the Universe, masters right? Universe. So that whole title did his like hex cause the women to sin or something? <laughs> like we were made to, to stumble. stumble. We were made to <laughs> stumble. But I mean, oh, even no. I mean, even back in in Salem, it was like yeah. the women's were more likely to be. You know, corrupted, influenced, corrupted yeah. by by rich, rich, well, witchcraft. Yeah. I think yeah. what this is code though for the women were likely to have opinions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and the women things. Exactly. I mean, all throughout, kind of brings back to the idea of like the patriarchy using the idea of witchcraft to just punish women who think differently and act differently than the norm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all have watched the new Babysitters Club show on Netflix. No, but I've yet. heard great yes. things. But there's a really there's like one episode that has a really great scene that just kind of like breaks that down. And it's like it's like just a short scene. It's like five minutes, and like when that happened, I was like I was just blown away. I was like, that totally makes sense. I never yeah. even thought of it that way. But yeah, it's yeah, it, it, they do a nice job of just normalizing. Like I mean, because. What is a coven? It's a group of women who mm. work together and lean on each other without having a bunch of dudes around. Sounds yeah. terrible. So yeah, it, in, in high school, I was very close with my group of female friends. And we made the mistake of dating a bunch of guy friends, which was just like friend group dating friend group. And there's a whole show worth of drama there. But one of them jokingly called us a coven. And we, like, part of us, because we were good youth group girls, we're like, we, we shouldn't use this. But also we loved it. Because mm. it was like, yeah, we are. Like, we are a group of women who at the end of the day have each other's backs. A rare thing in high school girls because of the cultural pressures. But, like, yeah, it was it was a word that was supposed to be like a negative thing or an evil thing. And we were like, but this is, this is us. This is a community of a couple mm-hmm. girls who are standing up for each other and watching out for each other and trying to impact the world in whatever ways we know how. Right. And I think, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, things like early witches spells and witches potions uh-huh. that really just equated to women's version of medicine. Therefore, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't absolutely deemed, right. Yeah, yeah, Sherry. I mean, that's what I was. I was thinking too because I mean, when you think about all throughout hunter gatherer society and into into the beginnings of human civilization, you know, we had these these small tribes, you know, that were wandering around, and then they agriculture was invented, and they sort of 
people sort of discovered that if you take some of these seeds and bury them, then stuff sort of grows. And then you sort of get this this bifurcation of roles by by sex and gender, where, you know, the guys are out hunting and, and doing things like that. And a lot of the women are doing the more domestic things like gathering. What are they gathering? They're gathering plants. Mm-hmm. They're gathering plants. Women knew the plants. If I cut myself, what plant should I put on it? If I have a headache, what plant is out there that I can treat this with? You know, um, mm-hmm. and, to the, and to the men, this is witchcraft because it's like, wow. You know, this these women <laughs> who get together every once in a while and tell their stories and tell their tales about what plant does what um, to mix up these strange poultices and things like this in these bowls. And it heals me and it does this other thing to this other person. And that's why, and for this element, I should do this kind of thing i mean that's the origin of the coven this is the origin of the fear of of nature and in the hands of a woman and the power that it wields and and what it brings to to civilization and it's like i'm a guy all i really know how to do is smash a bug and throw a spear at a mammoth um but i mean the, the power to, to to like levy the natural world to the ailments of this world is is goes against uh, goes against what is in my in my understanding. Mm-hmm. It goes against what is in my understanding. I mean, Terence McKenna talks about this a lot, you know. But I mean, he even argues that like human language, like the ability, like tens of thousands of years ago to actually articulate sounds into something that has meaning is about people describing plants to each other, mostly women describing plants to each other on this one kills you, but this one gets rid of headaches versus this one stops bleeding versus this one over here, which, you know, cures, you know, swelling in your joints or something like that. Being able to describe these plants to each other and the power that they wield was a very feminine uh, a very female part of the of the early early human cultures and societies. Yeah. So it all goes back to faith and science. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would argue as the reason it's science. <laughs> you know, but it's like if if you look at the, the the arc of human history, it's like of course witchcraft is a thing. You know, of course. Yeah. Women wield power that is under, not understandable by men. Of course, men. You know, in their you know. Uh, ignorance of these such finer finer details of the natural world are going to be made uncomfortable by this i think it's funny how we kind of fall into our individual roles within the podcast it's like okay so paul's going to take it back to science marty's got this obsession with the bible i don't know what's up with that and then it's like like, it's his job or something and then kelly here we bring in for the purity culture plug (laughs) or anti-plug i should yeah i was like is that what kelly's doing the recovery (laughs) well it's funny what you said about the like the faith and science thing, because then there's another way of looking at Hocus Pocus. I'm going to bring it back to the movie. <laughs> we're like, we're talking about yes. the science is a lot of the humor, right? Like when they yeah. encounter the bus or the asphalt or the like oh, yeah. any of oh, the, yeah, yeah. the, the, the anachronisms. I just, I think times. that yeah. just resonates the fire with my suppression sense system of that he holds the lighter up, you know, the, yes, mm-hmm. which like, Talk about being shrewd as serpents. Max was very much using whatever he had around him. He was smart. The Bible likes smart people. Just going to put that out there. It was helpful that the local high school had a giant kiln that could fit several several humans. Well, it is Salem. (laughs) I didn't go to that high school. Well, I love the part where he used the headlights to do a sunlight, right? The daylight savings time. He put a red thing over it. 
Did you notice that? Right. He, put, he, he just ripped took the off. red, yeah, right. the red tissue but, paper off. But it was like the witches knew what it was, so they were like automatically like, "Okay, I'm, I'm dying." dying. You know? It's like, <laughs> and so they were dramatically like falling over. <laughs> you gotta have a dramatic death. Yeah, and it was like they had a few dramatic. And they realized deaths. they weren't dead, just as like. At the beginning of the first scene, where the with the the, rain, the fiery rain, rain of fiery whatever. rain or whatever. Wait, this yeah. is but just that water. is funny because it is like science beating superstitious beliefs in that. Mm-hmm. Is that like there's another grain or another take on that where like having the knowledge, they're using their modern knowledge against like their outdated 1600s knowledge of the world. But somehow they still knew that that would kill them, right? Well, well, well they thought, but Kelly, he right? Was just because the witches, the witches thought that was magic. magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, right. thought they thought the modern was magic. science was, and they was were magic. Sus- yeah, they were automatically suspicious well, of. Who's the author with the quote that any advanced society will look like magic to a lesser society? Right, right, right. <laughs> and I think that looks it. It's funny because <laughs> Kelly looks at me because <laughs> I have degrees in English, and I look at my husband. Because he's the one in the house that really reads. Yeah, look, look at Paul because I he has the, the internet right in front yeah. of him. Oh, there, yeah, you, there you, go. you go. We all have computers yeah, in our pockets. We can look this up. Science yeah. looks like magic, depending mm-hmm. on where you are in history. Any advance or any advance of society looks like magic to to a lesser society. Mm-hmm. And that's why Back to the Future is so interesting. In some ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Hocus Pocus does resonate a little on the back to the future frequency i think yeah i mean well they're they're yeah they're running on the same vibe i think they're not too many years apart yeah but the whole idea of of what threatens our faith Mm. is i think what hocus pocus plays on yeah Mm -hmm. what what is it that threatens our faith is it these three witches who are just trying to figure out what they how they can just kind of live life mm-hmm. to the fullest and that what what christians strive to do as well you know mm-hmm. and it's what threatens our faith is what we resist and that's what the puritans did back in this time with the salem witch trials and everything else mm-hmm. it was just well that's the how calvinism we, and that's how we get there even in the beginning of the movie right like we mm-hmm. start with that society like they make it very clear to us who we're talking to because, like, somebody's holding, like, a giant cross as we're like, y'all are witches, you're bad, we're totally good, you can tell by the giant cross and the as pitchfork, we're murdering right? And the pitchforks, you know. Well, witches. Yeah. Witches. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, we're also murdering children. <laughs> the witches? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, they were trying to, like, do it yeah, I I'm, agree with you. I'm just not sure those witches had a fair and equitable trial <laughs> leading up That's, to their murder. Yes. They were yeah. guilty, but the trial was not good. Right. The trial was a sham. The yeah. trial, the trial sham. reminded me a lot of uh, the Monty Python witch scene. Mm-hmm. How do you know she's a witch? Have she's y'all, a witch um, have y'all watched, put this on me. Have y'all watched that series on Netflix called Cursed? Mm-mm. Yeah, y'all should watch that because it's all about um, this kind of magic healing community against the Christian 
community and it's like this tension between the two and it's like the Christians come off as we're superior. Right. So they suppress and try to eliminate um, this this community that goes through healing and like the um, like natural power of the earth and stuff like that. You're so right. it's kind of like where do we draw the line with our faith as what is what is true and what is a little over that line of you know bringing all the children in so that I can live longer, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean it's it's really like a question of like what actually is dangerous. Like mm-hmm. are new ideas dangerous? Are different points of view dangerous? Like what actually is like yeah, you know, collecting children so that you that's can stay kind of young. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like clear. that was clear yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. They are <laughs> taking too. something from an individual that does not belong to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like consent. Without, without consent. consent. Yeah. Right. What they're right. what makes them evil isn't that they're witches, it's that they're stealing from humans who are not giving you know, without I love consent. That you just made all of Hocus Pocus a consent narrative. That was him. That was that. <laughs> yeah. Was Zachary they, Binks. Yeah. What did they call it? The conjuring at the beginning? Like Yeah. That like they, that that's that was like the, the sin they... isn't like magic it's the taking advantage of other humans exactly well right. so i might have a little plot hole from the beginning uh so maybe there there may be a few no, it might not be a plot hole it might be a i was watching uh, most recently in 2020 which means i had my phone in my hands so yeah. i might have been i might have missed something but what yeah. actually happens to the sister like in the beginning like she dies, I think. She yeah, right? they, like, do they suck her, her whole they life force her to become life force. Like young? In the mm-hmm. first scene, they're kind of old. Right, they suck right. her life force and become the however old the actresses are, and yeah. they she, become younger, right? Yeah, yeah. younger, yeah. which is a relative term depending on yeah. the actress, right? Younger. Yeah, but like they pan over to her and she has like white hair and like she's dying of old age. Okay, so I think I missed that scene because I remember seeing her just kind of like chilling in the chair, looking like totally like. I mean, I don't know what they're doing to her, but she just seems to be like, okay, this is what's happening. And then I thought at the end of the movie, like, is she still in purgatory? Because how could she find find I her brother? She, she was waiting for her brother. Like, to where cross though? Over. Like, was she Outside details? Purgatory. Marty, purgatory. details, details. Like, or why was she wandering not, the earth? Like, why was she? A spooky. Why was she it's like wandering for three hundred years if that was the case? Like, why was she not Maybe she instant could transported to heaven? It couldn't be heaven without him. Maybe she didn't if she was Jesus into her heart. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, <laughs> Commonwealth Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> they were Puritans. Aren't you born asking oh, Jesus into yeah. your heart? Actually, Puritans didn't ask. I was going to say, Puritans probably didn't have the sinner's prayer because that's fairly new, isn't it? Because, you know, God's going to do what God's going to do, and we just have to deal with it. He's already selected us. Already selected us. How do we think the witches became who they were in that society, though? Like... I mean, okay, asking the hard question. Right. So, so. Is this your softball? Yeah. yeah, So, like, they're people who are living separate. 
But they've got like the best clothes of that entire original community. Their clothes are They're also excellent. they are white, so they came here rather recently in 1693. True. Mm-hmm. So I mean they did have brooms, so they could probably travel, but for some reason they selected this to be the place they lived. That's their community. And they've got like the best wardrobe. They seem to have a good setup in terms of house. Where do they come from? On economic level, is that what you're asking? Maybe, or <laughs> I just—they seem to be such community outliers. Were there other witches like them? I just actually yes. Okay. Uh, in the book, there—it's based on a book. And that's why you always read the book. I have not read the book, but I have read enough about the movie to know that there is a book, and there is like. There is more history there. I don't know any of the history. I just know there is history. Mm. And that I think in the sequel, you deal with the fact that there were other witches after them before 1993. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Sherry, why are you complicating the villains of the story? You're asking, like, how are you suggesting people aren't born wicked? Do they have wickedness thrust upon them? I believe as Christians that <laughs> it would benefit us to be curious about others who are different from us. Were they I mean, born witches Billy. or did they well, that's make why. a choice right? to be witches? Yes. Were they born that way? <laughs> or that's did society why, um, make them? Did they choose witchcraft as a preference? Or? But that's why the Salem uh, witch, witch trials and all that, that time period mm-hmm. was so complicated because it was like a bunch of immigrants coming over um, to have religious freedom. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to have religious freedom their own way. Mm-hmm. So they had their own customs which didn't jive with, you know, the English Puritans who had established the colony at the time. Mm-hmm. So therefore, with these immigrants coming over, women had more power than normal. Mm-hmm. Kind of by necessity, because you only had so many humans trying to survive in one place. Right. So therefore, that's kind of where the witchcraft and the witches all kind of came from. Although... You know, when the Salem witch trials were popularized was a few centuries later. Yeah. The crucible was yeah, 1950s. Yeah. McCarthyism yeah. trying to find a scapegoat to justify your politics. Yeah. It's funny what we do out of fear. When you were talking about bringing it back to like a faith sentiment, the question that popped into my mind that... I'm going to need to chew on for a second is to be a Christian or rather does Christianity, is it predicated on having an enemy? So to be a Christian, do you need to have an enemy to oppose? Mm. Because I hear a lot of like opposition in terms of faith. And I think that's where like the fear of like, D&D or witches like we need to have we need to have a clear enemy and that is not us and those are those people over there and we must fight them with our Uh faith and power is that is that even a necessity to be a Christian or is that that something humans have put in well it's like it's the tension of how do you know what's good unless you know what's evil Mm -hmm. right so if you don't know what's evil, how do you know if you're living an abundant life? Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and so that's why yeah. we, we so conjure it comes back up. like why are the witches evil is it because they have magic or is it because they're taking advantage of vulnerable in society or we need some kind of standard to say this is what's good and this is what's bad mm-hmm. you know like this is what this is what I think is abundant life mm-hmm. and if this is abundant life then this is not abundant life. You, hmm. you gotta have some kind yeah. of con- you have to have some kind of contrast. Hmm. But I would I would argue that it would be like here's the kingdom of God. What is your impact? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I don't need something to contrast what I think is good. Mm-hmm. You can look at fruit. Right. I can look mm-hmm. as like this is what I believe is right. Like people starving we all think is bad right so we need to like move our efforts to like end hunger Mm -hmm. right but there's still that 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 if there's good there's got to be something to contrast it right right in order for us to understand it of of how to live right does that make sense yeah i like that description of that people like boundaries yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But yet, with God, there might not be. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like there's like that, just that lines you were talking about. Like, yeah. it's not black and white. But like, this is too far. Like, killing children for the youth is too far. And like, obviously, <laughs> and kind of figuring out where that black and white is and where the gray is. Right, and it's and it goes through all the issues: abortion, racial issues, economic issues. Mm-hmm. All those issues have extremes of mm-hmm. what's abundant and what is bad Mm -hmm. and we that's how we that's how we gauge our perspective of life how we see the world and we can't and somehow we just we got to just say we got to what you know uh william barber says we got to get back to the moral center Hmm. of it oh Mm -hmm. we have to get to the moral center of it where it's not like, you know, conservative against liberal. It's the moral center. What is right? What is the best for people? What is the best for my neighbor? What is the best mm. for God? What is best for, you know, life? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big yeah. shift from how we think, how some of the dominant discourse looks like, right? It's not what is the common good? How do we work towards good for all, right? Instead, there seems to be a lot of conversation of like, what's coming for us right like there's a lot of discourse in this society how can about, we be on the defensive yeah like you have to be prepared to defend your faith i remember oh, like yeah, there's right. a whole set of yes. books about that and right. i never understood like who is coming for my faith exactly like i've never understood that but right. i it's i know people who seem to think that christianity is super under attack um and so they're preparing to be on the defensive and do we spend so much time defending the faith that we're not doing the work of the faith? Right. It's yeah. all more of apologetics is what it's Yeah, called. I was going to say, these are the apologists, right, Marty? Right, um, it's the apologetics, yeah. Uh-huh. Which, um, it's like the, instead of, it's the idea that you should have an answer for every question that is asked of you about your faith. Which comes from Scripture, right? But, which is But it's a little bit of a, isn't it? You should have always be ready to give an answer 
But the end of the phrase is for the hope you profess. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it's not give an answer to every hard question. It's to give an answer for what brings meaning in your life. And, and the, I feel like that's the part that's often left out. And some of the best answers is, I don't know. Right. Like, yeah, you have to be prepared to engage the question. Yeah. But I don't know is a fine answer. Yeah. Yeah. It right. is. Saying I don't know is not make you weak. It makes you like. A human. Makes you a human that lives in the gray areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but the gray areas aren't nice. <laughs> They're not nice, but that's They're the art of living, right? Well, because I think there's a lot of people who don't like gray areas. They need those definite answers because they built their lives. They built a fence around their lives, and this is, and here's the white, out there's the black, and that's it. And if they don't have that, they lose that their security. Well, that whole gray area thing leads into you know the uncertainty and the anxiety of life, and um, and that mm. having those rigid, you know, mm-hmm. answers is very comforting to a lot of people. And I would argue that Christianity is not for you if you're scared of the gray. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> you know, amen and amen. <laughs> it's not because Christianity is for everyone, right? It's offered to everyone. Well, and it's going to lead you to like, if you follow it to its full logical extent it's gonna lead to bigger questions that right. don't have answers otherwise why do we even have religions <laughs> but that's like, that's the mystery of god right right yeah right that there there is a mystery right that we're, we're still working on and we can't bound god in in into those frameworks it's just like we can't yeah. we can't bound god to say this is how god works this is how god acts this is how god relates to us because God is moving and weaving in and out of history to affect our lives, to make the world, to see the kingdom of God. Is it bad that I'm like, if, if God hates D and D, maybe I'm not on God's side then because (laughs) D and D has been bringing me so much joy in quarantine. It's like if this is, if these kind of things, if like watching and enjoying Hocus Pocus is the indication of like, well, not being with God. I'm like, really? This is fun. This is bringing me joy when there's a lot to stress me out. This is bringing me community. But if you think about your relationship with God, what you think about, what God thinks about D&D, then there's the connection, (laughs) right? Yeah, right. Then it's like. You're and a paladin, it's okay. What... Hi, I'm there a paladin. <laughs> and I you just what's... have to be, you know, chaotic good, not chaotic evil. Right. right. Or... And, and Marty, the, I mean, this is the, I mean, this is the ultimate gray with Christianity, right? It's, it's like, how does this faith fit into my life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, with the causes and conditions and the history that I have, how does this weave in? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, how do I, how do I fit this together with my experience that I'm having on this earth right now? And, and that's the ultimate gray because life has suffering in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you do with that? And it's like, how do you relate that to an all good, all knowing God and his plan? And how do you relate this to salvation? And how do you relate, you know, these people who don't, you know, seem to be operating by any of these guidelines into, into this grand scheme? I mean, that's the ultimate gray. And what is my role in this? What is my obligation in this? Um, to those who have been given much, much, much is asked, right? I mean, 
So how do you how do you live this? Right. Is the ultimate gray. Paul doesn't just quote science; he quotes scripture. <laughs> right, and it goes back to kind I'm of. A I'm a double threat. I mean, it goes back to like I spent a lot of time last week on the scripture of the golden calf and how mm-hmm. God changes His mind, and that mm-hmm. has like really like impacted me. Uh-huh. To think that not only are we trying to figure out our relationship with God, but God's trying to figure out our relationship with, with God. Yeah. Like, and God is like trying to keep covenant. So God is trying to change in the way he acts toward us in that so that we might have abundant life and that we might see the kingdom of God right here, right now. Uh-huh. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling to think that, you know, there's a God out there who is working so hard in order to change the way God would would want to just instinctively act mm-hmm. and then realize that I need to act in love. And then there's that idea of then we should act in love as well. Mm-hmm. That there's this covenant. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> no, that's that's definitely been one of my favorite pillars of like growing in my faith is this idea that I, I get the concern of like making God in your own image, right? Because we come with our own prejudices, our own blind spots. You know, especially if you grow up white in this country, you're breathing in the racism of this country. And so, like, you have to be very aware of where your um, Im- your implicit biases are showing up. So, like, you don't necessarily want to make God in your image. But how can you have a relationship with, like, an idea of the divine unless there's some kind of relatability? And the idea of, like, learning through relationships that seems to be evident in Scripture... Through, like, God, like, Abraham changed, was it Abraham changes God's mind? With the asking to spare the city? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Abraham. Yeah. That, like, the idea that our divinity that we're talking to or in relationship with is also learning from being in relationship with us. It's a very, like, relatable, mutual thing. Right. It's definitely something that resonates in my faith, I think. And if we're made in God's image, then we are learning how to, to, like, what it means to be in covenant with somebody. To choose love to when choose we love. kind right. of have the instinct to do so different. So why can't, why does God not have that tension? Minor tangent. Are coven <laughs> and covenant related? Related terms. Yeah. Covenant, covenant? Kind of covenant? Too, yeah. Say that again. Coven and covenant. A covenant of witches and a covenant with people. I want to look this up in the Oxford English Dictionary. Paul? I cannot uh, like a, a, a bond? An agreement? Uh, a, I have no idea. Coven? Just like I was What's thinking. What's the root of cub? Of cub? <laughs> yeah. Just, is coven is short sim- for a covenant of witches? If you'd oh. called your friends a, co- a covenant, it would have been fine. Oh. If you called uh, If like, her friends weren't allowed to be called a coven... But if it, all we the women we, were like a covenant. a covenant. Well, you know, now that we're playing with language, we should talk <laughs> about where hocus pocus comes from. 
Sherry, where does Hocus Pocus come from? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go too far with <laughs> I it. I love it. But um, Marty, how's your Latin? It's not good. Would you like to say Latin words poorly? I don't know any. You need to. You. We need to call Robin. Uh, yeah. All right. It's, so it's I, I looked up coven. I looked up the etymology of coven. If anyone okay. is interested, it What's starts that? with a gathering of witches, okay. meaning gathering assembly, a variant form of covent from the old Finch covent, convent from Latin conventus, a group of men or women in a monastery group of or convent. Women. That's where. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh-oh. A coven of That's nuts. not good, right? That's not good for this whole okay. conversation. Well, right? so now, what like, source was that? Was that Wikipedia? Uh, this is the etymology online. Uh, what's... Etymology.com. <laughs> Trust him. He's yeah, right. a doctor. I know. Right, yeah. right. A doctor of like, paleontology. Knowledge. So, you know, we have to qualify that a little. But... I'm the most democratic. Paul, oh, how's your Latin? Oh, wow. And if we're talking about like, you know, the the names of like fossils that get latinized it's good you know <laughs> can you say the phrase that i just whatsapped you what was it uh let me let me take a look here let me all right take a look here. so um yeah i just so hocus pocus apparently comes from um basically a perversion of a uh latin phrase uh hocus corpus meum Yes, which means this is my body. Mm -hmm. Um, So it comes from the communion uh, rites, right? Like, you know, Marty, you say this at the beginning of... Does that, that, you said that translates to this is my body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it was said in Latin and Catholic mass. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and so basically, like, once upon a time, children, um, basically when you know, like magical folks, so like jugglers and I'm thinking carnies basically, mm-hmm. uh, when they would perform sleights of hand and stuff like that they would say hocus pocus as like a play on um, what was said in Catholic This is my body class. the bread is magically turning into something else. Yeah, yeah. but I think yeah. this is right. like a mm. common thing, right. like I think abracadabra might have similar but I'm not really yeah, sure Yeah, I was thinking that too, I was thinking yeah. that too um, And then there's like, you know um, my dad used to say this one that was like open, from his open says me open says me but he also used to say uh, we play dominoes better than you do and really? that's like a play off of some other um, like Catholic you know what camp. my dad used to say he said abracadabra hoozy kapuzzy alakazam <laughs> like what what yeah. I still remember it though that was whenever there was a magic dad trick coming up Wow. Where did that come from? You should ask him about that. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if he knows. (laughs) But I think it's such an interesting thing, like the idea of hocus pocus. It's, you know, I think for as language evolves, right? And fewer and fewer people people are really learning Latin, um, but are going to these services where rights are being said within it. you know, a lot of things sound like hocus pocus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a game of telephone, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's, yeah, it is. Well, that's why um, as Baptists, we're not creed people, right? We don't, we don't recite a creed mm-hmm. um, in order to, like, to interact with our faith. Right. Um, 
you know, you have the all the creeds that the other denominations might say, the Apostles' Creed, which is a very famous one, right? Right. Um, but we're not creed people. What does that mean, that we're like, not creed people? Like, we don't need a statement to define our faith. To define our faith. Mm-hmm. We, we, re, we react to our relationship one-on-one as the believers of all saints. Everybody has the obligation and the responsibility to interpret Scripture and interpret their relationship with God individually. And that should be enough to help the community grow in their views of God. Mm-hmm. That's why you're Baptist. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I grew up Lutheran, right? And so it's like every yeah, Sunday it was either it was either Nicene or you know Apostolic, and every you know, and it's like it it becomes part of tradition and history. I mean, I can it's been thirty years. I can recite these things in my sleep. Yep. You know, because they were they were drilled in, and it's it's this what what starts as community sort of ends as. This day, this daily constant reminder is like, okay, this is our faith. This is what we believe, and I'm going to say this to reinforce that, you know. Um, and it's as long as you stick to that, you're good, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like this is what it means to be Lutheran is to say these things and to and to and to believe these things in this way, you know, is very clearly defined aspect of faith, it, right? And, and you're not you're like, not left to sort of come up with that your own relationship. Yeah. Um, to to it, you're told what that relationship is by these creeds, mm. you know. And some people love them, and some people rebel yeah. against them. And <laughs> it, it it is what it is, you know. Um, it's interesting the way it comes back to like words have power, whether you're like trying to live outside of that power or like it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Yeah, is both what he says that starts off the whole thing. And then yeah. they repeat it jokingly back to him as you, they're using the magic, right? Who are you referencing? The the the, the Max. Yeah. Yeah, Max. Yeah. The Max is like it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. And then in the next scene, or maybe it's a later scene, but they're mocking him, like, oh, it's just a bunch of hocus pocus, yeah. yet here we are. Yeah. It's that tension of like, it's just words, and also words have meaning and both are true. But that, like, that saying, like, it's just a bunch of hocus pocus, if we think about that in relationship to the fact of where that phrase comes from, like, aren't there Christian communities that believe that when we say those words, like, don't they believe that the elements for communion become Mm -hmm. the literal blood and body? Well, that's that's the Catholic belief. Yeah, Yeah, and so it's like, so in that moment, like, that's where that phrase phrase like it's just a bunch of hocus pocus we say that and then magic happens yeah like it's that's part of catholicism for sure or that there is god is manifesting in a unique way in the eucharist yeah Yeah. um but it comes back to faith whether you whether you believe in it and if you do believe in it i would say that's okay if it maintains your relationship with god Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah like i'm not here to like say that that's wrong i'm just saying like yeah as baptist we we don't we don't believe in a creed that like a pastor would say words that that would affect your faith 
Yeah. So that mm-hmm. hocus pocus means something <laughs> to some people. Yeah. And that's okay. Right? And it's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, a time when I was a campus minister at Georgia State. And there was a, we had like these lunch luncheons, we called them. And there would be a guy or somebody would come and speak, you know, give a devotion or a testimony or whatever. And one of these, during these, one of these luncheons, this guy came in and had lost like his daughter to cancer. And like, he just had all this tragedy in his mm. life. And what he kept saying was, is like, God had a plan for that. Like that was God's plan. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting by a young woman who said, I don't believe that that was God's plan. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's Okay don't believe that Mm -hmm. but in order for him to maintain a relationship with god he needed to believe that god God had a plan plan for that Mm -hmm. and so that's why creeds are important to Hmm. certain people's of faith that that maintains their faith in god Mm -hmm. it seems like yeah the creed or the the power of the words or restriction of the words only becomes a problem when you try to enforce that on other people like, yeah. if that guy had yeah, tried right. to force on somebody else who had maybe lived through a similar loss or something and said, like, God has a plan. I need you to believe that God has a plan. Mm-hmm. That it becomes a, a cage, not a an empowerment. Right. And that's why it's so hard for people to go to churches and trust in... A creed. Hmm. Yeah. In the institution of the church. Mm. Yeah. Not right. just their faith in God, but in trust in the institution of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. We went oh, crazy places from Hocus Pocus. From Hocus Pocus, <laughs> a Disney movie. <laughs> Thank you, 1993. How generative. You never know. Ah, that's why I love a podcast. You never know where it's going to go, but it yeah, always goes know. somewhere interesting, right? Yeah. Especially when you have trained podcast people. Yes. The professionals. The professionals right. sharing right. call. Right. Uh, a special guest. Man friends. Final words? <laughs> <laughs> Final words from me. the man friends. I, I still think um, Angelica Houston, which is movie where she is better. Uh, mm. yeah. Wait, what? What movie? The Angelica Houston movie from the nineties, called Witches. Oh, okay, Witches. okay. I think, I think, I think. Watch that. It's I think better. That better. Stay tuned better. next Halloween next for Halloween. that episode yeah, of right. Things Made Welcome. <laughs> right. Zachary Banks. He told me specifically not to make the Thackeray Banks Zachary Banks yeah. joke. So naturally, you had to make yeah, sure yeah. it was done before we hit. Hit the button. Get the buttons. I know you have thoughts. You always have thoughts. Don't hold them back now. I don't know if I have final thoughts. So, like, I have thoughts, but, like, the Dude, final thoughts are. Pick been... a random thought. A final. A random final thought. He hates. No so pressure. Much no pressure. pressure. So, normally, I give the softball final yeah, question. But that no, wasn't you a, can have a final that question. That wasn't a softball question. I just wanted so him to have a chance questions to say are something. Are never softball <laughs> questions here on Faith Made Welcome? Softball questions are the hardest question of the night. Yeah, so when somebody says, I have a softball question, I'm just going to start off real easy. That's the time to fear what is coming. That's really like the 95 (laughs) mile an hour softball. Yeah, yeah. What I wanted to do was 
Marty and I will talk about theological stuff for a long time. This is your favorite? <laughs> this is one of your favorite movies. Not because it's good, but because it makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. That you know, is, so that, that's my question, right? That it's is like, a so valid why should, point. Why should we watch this movie? You yeah. Know, what? Why should we watch this movie? It's just because it's fun. Like, it's not about... You can tie it back to all the faces that we talk about, but, like, I would say ultimately the movie has... It was taking place in 1993, so, like, it has all our culture and all its influences on it. But at the same time, it's not about that. It's about just having fun and sibling love and all of that. And there are Christian notes in that, just like there's American notes in that and all of the culture, et cetera, there. But also, it's just three actresses having a lot of fun and there's a magic cat. <laughs> and... I don't know, a bully named Ice? Like, it's not... <laughs> With it etched into his head. Etched into his head, yeah. Which, did he do that himself, or did yeah. his mom do that? You know his little no, buddy mom. did. He only knew, like, three I don't think his buddy could have done that well. No, he didn't have the skills. Yeah, it's true. But, like, yeah. he wasn't out there. No. But especially in 2020, like, there's so many times this year when you have to be there and be present, and just, it's fun to escape for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Back to 1993 when life may have been better, but to be fair, Clinton was in the office, so maybe, uh, but just, I don't know, escape to a small town in Massachusetts where all the houses have plenty of candy. Mm-hmm. Full yeah. bars Go trick or treating. Full bars everywhere. Full bars yeah. everywhere. <laughs> and you live in a room that has its own stair up yes. to us. Yes. Where did that go? And, and why? The, the hot person in high school hangs out with you for a night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just... I mean, the hot person from my high school married me. So All right. Whatever. All right. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> I love it. Hocus Pocus, yeah. Hocus Pocus! Pocus. Cool, thanks, y'all. podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. <laughs>